as I reflect on this past week and what it has been like, and all I can really do is share what I have experienced just as one individual. And that has been probably what I have dealt with emotionally more than anything else and mentally and cognitively this week has been about how it everything just quote unquote feels different. And I have had conversations with so many people about what this has felt like and I've heard some very different perspectives and it actually has had one thing if, if I've learned anything this week it is that getting everyone's perspective getting all these different perspectives uh, especially during times like this when there is so much fear and uncertainty and change that is taking place is uh, is so incredibly helpful and I know that each individual each person has their own unique way of processing these things. Uh, I'm gonna actually kind of focus on this in a kind of a different way. I don't really necessarily feel like it's necessary or helpful or beneficial to get into any of the stories about what you know I have done in terms of my reactions to this week, uh, to what has happened. I think that uh, what I really want to do is try to focus on how mindful coping practice can actually help at a time like this when it really does feel like in a lot of ways that everything is different. Everything feels different. Just the rhythm of life for so many people that I've spoken with, uh, you know, they're just it that each day, just the experience of being a human being going through a day moment to moment feels different. And it's allowed me to also revisit some of the basics in terms of mindfulness practice that I learned many, many years ago. And that is, and this is also really me talking to myself, you know, out loud with anyone who happens to be listening right now, is that when we're dealing with fear and uncertainty, one of the things that it's it's difficult enough to deal with everything changing and and when we are having emotional reactions internal reactions to things external to us that are changing we don't know what is happening and we don't know if it's going to be okay or not that what really causes so much and in my case i can't say this for anyone else but for me i found that i do cause myself a tremendous and i can i have the potential and I have a lot of years of experience at doing it is, you know, inflicting needless suffering on myself. And unfortunately, when I do that, there is also a tendency, if I'm not careful, if I'm not being mindful and paying attention to inflict needless suffering on those around me, those people that are closest to me, those people that I love, my family, friends, you know, and then also it radiates outwardly to people that I just happen to be in contact with, business acquaintances, business contacts, whatever the case may be. Getting back to the, the core of this is that I have focused a lot this week on what ultimately determines my experience uh, you know, during times like this and my ability to cope or not uh, is actually remembering one of the core tenets of mindfulness practice is that it is, it is my thoughts that that it, my believing whatever it is that I'm thinking 
about what it is that I'm feeling. That is what is going to ultimately, if I am really caught up in that, and I almost call, I call that being, you know, locked in a trance uh, or in a loop of thoughts. In other words, if I am so busy, you know, it's, I can't stop myself from having these thoughts. I can't stop myself from thinking, but what I really can do is pay attention and just be aware. And I know that the only way for me to be able to cope with my own thoughts and to be able to have any perspective at all about what's going on in the present moment is for me to actually do the work and practice paying attention to my thoughts. And I have also really focused a lot this week on the fact that it is sometimes very hard to do that when we do, when our mind is not calm, when we don't have really any perspective. If I'm really caught up in fear and I'm really overly focused on some aspect of why it feels different this week, what is going on, what's going to happen, is it, you know, how is it going to affect me, how is it affecting others? Because I'm not only worried about myself, I'm worried about everyone else as well, because we're all in this together. That I can't really, you know, sit. And when I say sit, I'm talking about, you know, in terms of a practice, sitting still, you know, cross-legged on the floor or however that may be. But also when I say sit, I also talk about the fact that we, you know, metaphorically, have to, you know, we don't have to. But ultimately, I want to be able to metaphorically sit with my feelings. In other words, if I'm working or completing tasks or discharging any responsibilities that I have, I want to be able to cope with the thoughts that I'm having. And the only way that I can really do that is to put myself in a position of, of being able to witness those thoughts, being able to realize that just because I'm thinking them doesn't mean they're real. And I've, I've really come into uh, a place where I'm focusing a lot especially this past week and, and continuing to do so of, you know, the difference between relative reality and absolute reality. In other words, I, just because I think thoughts uh, and I think I know what's going on doesn't mean that that's actually what's going on. And I could use example after example about getting lost in our own heads. In other words, we can really almost think ourselves into believing that anything is happening, whether it actually is or not. And that's the, you know, unfortunately, the flip side is that it's, you know, thoughts have the power, have the power to really, uh, uh, you know, change our reality. And, and that goes both ways. And it is a, uh, you know, thoughts themselves can be a very, very power, you know, they are a very, they are very powerful. And so what I want to be able to do is to be able to clearly uh, myself in a position to be aware of what it is that I'm actually thinking. And the beautiful part is, is that there are ancient practices that come from the Eastern part of the world and really want to honor those traditions. And this is going back thousands of years that the only way to really get control of our minds at all and to be able to ultimately uh, cope with whatever thoughts we're having is to calm the mind in some meditative way. And, uh, I think that the most important thing that I can do on that is to find, and there are numerous meditative practices, and not only that, there are, you know, various other options. I have spoken with people who, you know, walk certain distances and, you know, walking, bicycling, uh, any sort of athletic endeavor, any sort of artistic or creative endeavor. It might be chopping wood. I always love that about in the Zen tradition, you know, chopping wood and carrying water. 
And if we really allow ourselves to be absorbed in the moment and really get into that flow state is the ability to be able to do that. And so I found this week, I really revisited uh, just watching myself breathing in and out. That was one of the earliest practices that I, when I started practicing meditation and mindfulness almost 30 years ago, those were some of the first practices that I did and I've continued to do them. I, I can't say that I've always done it consistently every day since then, but during times like this, I have found that revisiting some of these very, ba you know, they can be considered basic, but they are incredibly powerful. They're not always easy to do because when we find ourselves trapped in fear or uh, in a position where we are really, you know, so locked into our repetitive thoughts or, or living out in the future, we're not even in the here and now, we're actually in our heads somewhere else imagining a future that that very possibly had you know won't ever happen we just don't know and so the last thing i want to be doing is spending a lot of my energy and that's the other part of this too that i want to touch on is that anytime i'm locked in a uh, you know a loop of of overthinking or what i would refer to for myself anyway is overthinking i'm utilizing precious energy and not only that i'm utilizing precious time Every minute that I'm lost in my head somewhere else and not here in the present moment where it may actually be really okay, relatively speaking, at the moment. Uh, I know that it's never, you know, from an absolute, in absolute terms, if any of us are suffering anywhere in the world, uh, you know, we're, since we're all in this together, I know that uh, it's, it's difficult. But at the same time, though, I know that I can't really be any good to anyone. I can't be of service to anyone if I am locked in in thought and in speculating and living in the future and trying to figure out you know what i need to do and just and it's very easy to do this and i feel like this week there's been a lot of those moments where i admit uh, as a human being and i and i you know i i don't know i, I don't think it even matters how long anyone practices meditation or mindfulness we're still human and there's no way we're, we're neurally you know we're wired you know, we have these neural grooves. This is the way that we tend to operate as human beings. And the only way I think to change the game, at least for me, and as someone who struggled, has struggled most of their life, if not at least the adult, my adult life, with chronic depression and with getting really wrapped up in, you know, living inside my own head and really deciding that I knew what was going on. And these were things that really weren't doing me any good. But it was habitual, and because I really didn't have any ability to have any perspective, realized to sit back and kind of witness these thoughts, I believed everything that I thought about what I was feeling. And there again, that's the whole other side of this. I am by no means an expert in terms of uh, you know things relating to emotional healing, or but things things along those lines. But I do know this. I know that. I'm so grateful for the practices and the teachings that I've received from people who are professionals in terms of emotional healing and, and spiritual healing and, and, and those types of modalities. But I know that at the same time, though, you know, combining those, you know, doing that individual work that I do, and we all, I think, have a unique path. This is just, you know, one person's opinion, but, you know, we, we all have things that we're dealing with in terms of past trauma. And those things are also, those buttons are really getting pushed this week. In other words, I know each of us, you know, has our own unique life journey. And it just, it, and because of the fact that it 
feels different to a certain degree. Uh, I know that there can be a tendency to get really wrapped up in these thoughts about it. And I've done that this week. I mean, there have been times when I have wondered if, you know, we're ever going to uh, experience the world the way we did before this is, you know, this has occurred and what we're dealing with, uh, you know, on a global scale. And I think the only way for me to cope with if things do feel different is for me to be able to deal with that in the only way that I can that is healthy. And that is for me to be able to be grounded in my own body and in my own experience. I've, I've got to be able to breathe in and out. I know no matter what I'm dealing with, uh, I had a teacher once actually, and I'm that's just kind of coming to me in the moment. One of my earliest teachers uh, actually used to speak about the fact that, you know, the one thing that is so precious is our ability to breathe, our ability to take in oxygen. And at the time, I thought it was maybe a little bit simplistic, but now I'm realizing that I, you know, even if things do feel very, very different, and you know, the, the paradigm, and I realize everybody has their own take on what is happening, but it is, you know, very clear that, you know, that things do feel different in the world energetically and just what it's, you know, the experience of being a human being during this time. I know that I can't, you know, getting back to what this teacher shared with me is that if I can't breathe in and out in a calm way, if I can't just do the mo one of the most basic things that I do as a human, I realize I can, I clearly am going to breathe in and out, even if I'm not paying attention, even if I'm lost somewhere else. But if I'm willing to pay attention to that, what I find is, and, and I've read this before that, you know, we are essentially our vagus nerve, which is, you know, one of the, and I'm there again, I'm not an expert in this and I, I'm not even sure I should be speaking about this, but essentially the, uh, uh, the idea here is that, you know, we, we are wired in a certain way to, we can't really do two things at once. In other words, I can't be, I can't focus on breathing in and out same time also pay attention to my thoughts and get really wrapped up in them. It's kind of like the way I'm, you know, we're all neurally wired and that's, you know, why the practice of yoga is so powerful. That's just another example because it is quite difficult to really pay attention to our bodies and do the various asanas or the various poses and the breathing that it's required and also be immersed in our thoughts at the same time. So it's really a matter of getting back to, and, I, and that's what I found this week, that even though it does feel different, the things that have brought me comfort, uh, a couple of those things, and obviously, you know, uh, having, you know, loved ones, people to reach out to and, and, and show concern for and care for and do whatever can be done during this time, that it's also been incredibly healing to just breathe in and out. And to and to allow my mind to calm, even if I'm feeling fear, I ultimately don't. You know, I don't want to feed. You know, I don't want to feed off of that. In other words, I want to be able to, if I'm feeling fear, to feel it, but to trust in my ability to cope with that, sit with that. In other words, and so much of the, you know, some of that fear is, you know, what they call, you know, that's raw primal fear. I'm, you know, that my that's my nervous system. That's my that's my Vegas or those things are going on. But at the same time, uh, that's my limbic system, that primitive brain. Uh, so I can calm all that down by just simply just paying attention to breathing in and out uh, in terms of my thoughts, which is, is really happening at, uh, at a different, you know, at a higher level. Uh, 
that I really want to be able to just pay attention to those thoughts. I just want to be able to witness them. And the only way that I can look at my thoughts impartially and basically not identify with them is just to simply practice paying attention to my thoughts, as simple as that sounds. And I almost feel silly saying it that way, but it really is true. And I remember very early on when I was doing mindfulness practice, which is essentially just sitting still and, and paying attention to my thoughts and not trying to stop them because I've found that the more I try to do that, I'm just giving time and energy to that. And the more I, the more I do that, the more it's almost like it has its own momentum. It's going to continue to, uh, to take on a life of those thoughts will take on a life of their own. And the more I pay attention to them, the more I'll have them. And, and, uh, the harder, you know, it's, 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 it's impossible to stop them. So what I really want to do is just be able to practice sitting with them. And even though it is very uncomfortable at times, sometimes I don't like what I'm thinking. It doesn't feel good to me thinking those thoughts, but ultimately, uh, Really, what I've in order for me to be able to have any sort of perspective, any sort of headspace, even if it's just a little bit, so that I can realize, okay, I'm having these thoughts. It doesn't mean just because I'm having them that they're true. Well, second of all, just because I'm having them doesn't mean that what I think is going to happen in the future is going to happen. And also, looking back, I mean, if I'm wrapped up in replaying things that have happened in the past doesn't mean that that's really actually what happened. It's just my take on what happened. It's just relative reality. And uh, it is, in my mind, it is worth it to pay attention to these thoughts and be able to get more comfortable with and, and ultimately realizing, okay, and, and one of the things that was, you know, okay, I'm thinking again. And one of the earliest practices, and, I'm, and I really am kind of in that mindset right now, just, re, just revisiting some of those basic practices what was referred to as mental noting. I remember very early on just being taught, taught or instructed during mindfulness practice to just, if I'm thinking fearful thoughts, then it was just literally saying out loud or to myself quietly thinking fearful thoughts. If I am worried about things being scarce or running out, then it's just a matter of, you know, saying that to myself, noting that having thoughts about things being scarce, having thoughts running out. I know maybe on a certain level it sounds silly to, to do such things, but what I have found is, is that it is really talking to myself in, and I realize I'm not talking to myself in a way, really kind of in a way of, of just bringing that awareness back to, okay, this is what I'm thinking. If I can say that out loud to myself or say it in my head, then it's me as a witness. It's kind of like I'm sitting back with a camera or watching a movie of what is going on inside my own head. And I've kind of used that analogy. It's been many years ago. For some reason, a lot of things are coming up this morning about things in the past, but I used to talk about a split screen. In other words, you would have screen A, which is what's actually really happening. And then you'd have screen B, which would be if, you, if a camera could show what, how our minds are processing the present moment, very seldom, would those two screens actually match? In other words, there, you know, and, and the more I've practiced, the more I did practice and the more I have practiced mindfulness, the more I've realized that, that there's so many times I am so wrapped up and so swept up by very unpleasant thoughts, very unpleasant reactions to things uh, that I think are happening or that I think people are doing to me, or I think that people are saying to me, 
really is just my interpretation of what I think. Well, and that's not to say that sometimes people aren't trying to be hurtful. Sometimes maybe what I think is happening is happening. But the longer that I've done this, the more I've realized that many times that's not the case. And I have, you know, lashed out and reacted in certain ways or closed my heart. Uh, just because of the fact that I thought that, you know, someone was saying something to me or doing something. During times like this, especially when things are already so, you know, there's so much stress in terms of just the overall collective energy. Uh, there is so much fear and uncertainty around this that if I really want to have peace, I know that it's that it's possible to uh, to be able to evolve into a person who can actually have more peace and more perspective. But I also know that what it's going to take is for me ultimately I'm going to have to practice being. And for me, uh, the core of that what's what's really powered any ability on it. I don't even want to say ability. That's not the right word, but my willingness to be open to. Uh, things being more okay than I think they are. And even if they're not okay for me to be able to cope more effectively if they aren't, uh, because there's things, there's so many things that I can't control. The few things that I can control, I know ultimately I have been able to affect those more uh, by actually focusing on keeping, trying to utilize meditative practices to keep my mind calm and also to be able to pay attention to those thoughts and to be able to be aware that I'm having them. And what I find is the longer that I have practiced, and this is available to anyone, all of this, everything that I'm speaking of, I, I'm just a normal everyday human being. I don't have any special skills or any special abilities. It's just that I, you know, we, any of us through practice can get to a place where, uh, you know, we can become the container. It's almost as if we can, you know, we can be a large, you know, a more spacious container for these thoughts. When there, there's those thoughts that are coming up that I can't stop them from happening, but they're just happening. And I, there's enough room, so to speak, that I can just let those things pass and not try to chase them away. And, and it's natural to do that. And I certainly have done that many times. And I've even found myself this week doing that. I admit that. But at the same time, I also know that I have to, I have to remember that, that, the, that I've done this practice have to go back to those things that sustain me that I know really work and meditative practices and mindfulness practice are two of those absolute for me, those core practices. And there's clearly other things, other practices that I've taken on as well. But then again, that's just me as one, as one unique individual. So I don't really speak about those things because I feel like we all, uh, an array of different practices out there and and uh, you know, this path is is there's a lot of options and it's just a matter of figuring out what each of us and each of us I think we each have our own karma and our own internal work used to uh, to do that that uh, there are different uh, modal healing modalities available but I know that I wouldn't have been able to ever really fully avail myself of any of those things if I could not cope more effectively and to be able to, you know, allow myself to be fully human. And I think that's really what it comes down to having these thoughts. I'm, you know, I don't like what these thoughts, you know, the, the content of them. I don't like the way I'm thinking. I don't like the way I'm reacting. I'm, it's, it doesn't feel good to be defensive or to uh, whatever the case may be, to be angry, to react, you know, you know, in an angry way to, uh, you know, however we do this and we all have, you know, 
there's some common ways in which we humans do this and we all kind of have our own unique flavors in terms of our reactivity and how we react to things. But I just have found this week that it has really been incredibly beneficial just to go back and really focus on meditative practices to calm the mind and also mindfulness practice so that I can cope, that I can get through a, a, a minute, a second, a minute, an hour a day. And this week, you know, while it has certainly felt different, there's a lot of the things about it that I can't change, but, you know, the reasons why it feels different and why our day-to-day -day experience is different because there are some of these things that are out of our control. You know that there are at least what's reassuring to me is that there are a few things that I can control, and uh, that's really what I'm what I'm trying to focus on. And, and admittedly, I'm human. I've I've had my moments this week where I've been completely consumed with fear, where I have been unable to really see the way forward, and I admit that. But I think that's there again. Those were all all of those things that happened. All of my inability to cope really just came from the fact that I was having thoughts because I'm human and I was just busy believing them. I was identifying with myself being the person who is in danger or in fear or whatever it was. And at some point I came to, I mean, these practices, the more we do them, they enable us to at some point become aware, Oh, okay. I'm, you know, I'm doing this again. And, uh, I have, you know, what I, I, in fact, uh, one of the, my earliest teachers, uh, John Kabat-Zinn, I believe, talked about catching, you know, he would, you know, catching ourselves in the act of, in other words, you know, and when, when we're paying attention to our mind and our thoughts, you know, we did, it's really what it feels like. You know, I do catch myself in the act of, you know, being defensive, catching myself in the act of feeling insulted, feeling uh, for, uh, taken for granted, whatever the case may be, thinking that I'm being made fun of. I mean, there's a host of these things that we can catch ourselves in the act of. And the idea isn't to beat myself up emotionally about it. The idea is not for me to judge myself harshly. It's just to be able to kind of loosen my grip on the need to do any of those things and just let myself be human. And even in a time, even in times like this, in fact, probably even more importantly in times like this, it has been incredibly helpful to, uh, to be able to allow myself to be human and uh, because these are, you know, these, this is a unique time right now in history. And I don't need to, I realize I can't say anything that hasn't been said already. But I do know that one thing that I can do is try to avail myself of practices like this so that I can go.